You were saying that you need your phone. Would you say you feel like you need your phone? Um, or if you just feel attached to it? I feel attached to it. Like, it's like a little part of my body. Which is disturbing, actually. Anyways. I feel I feel a similar way. Like, mm-hmm. when's the last time you ever, like, walked out of the house without your phone? Ten minutes ago. Oh, you did? Yeah, I left it here. Amazing. I didn't notice. <laughs> it okay, felt so, weird. Yeah. The other day, Zoe left her phone at home. Yeah. And just didn't have it for a whole day. Damn. Dude, not having your phone for a whole day is, like... Wonderful. You, you get fucked up a little bit. If, if you're really If you're really attached to it, you get fucked up. All of your natural instincts to just like in a in a slight moment of like blankness to just reach for your phone it's a part of your body yeah yeah it is it's becoming a part of your body it literally feels like something's missing when you don't have it my my leg is not here part of my leg isn't here shit that's really weird yeah it's home base because it's how you feel connected to people in your life it's the main way it has become the main way i guess yeah which is good like really good because in some ways because I don't know, like, you can access people in your life. In some ways, it's definitely good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, you end up keeping up with people who you wouldn't have been able to without phones. Right, yeah. Like, if there were no phones, like, we probably just wouldn't hang out as much, definitely, because we just wouldn't live in the same place, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, on that side of it, it's cool, but I do resent feeling like an addict to something. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we're all addicted to something. I don't know if we can live in today's world without... Being able to... Dude, you finished? I literally didn't even notice. I, like... Okay, I had, like, I literally three drops notice. in there. Oh, okay. Take right. it easy. Alright, this is just here. We're, we're drinking Johnny Walker Red, which... I don't drink whiskey very much, but... When I do, it's... I guess it's kind of this, when I think about it. It's, like, an immediate warmth and comfort. Yeah. I want to get into alcohol a little bit. Yeah. What, what are, like, the first, like, emotions and thoughts that you have when you just want to say, what do you think about alcohol? Relief. Relief. Mm-hmm. Do you not go to alcohol to carry on a happy mood that you might be in? Is it always starting from a place of negativity, would you say? I mean, I don't know if I experience happiness as an emotion, like, very, very often. What it's does that more mean? more, like, contentedness. Like, I feel content most of the time happy is like a fleeting thing that i feel in like like a surge in certain moments that's happy with alcohol it's not that i feel if i'm really drunk yeah i feel happy it's like oh fuck okay things are gonna be okay that's how i feel with alcohol which is kind of disturbing but like i'm trying to think about it as like a means instead of a truth a means to the truth instead of the truth. Mm. Like, it will help me understand mm. that things are going to be okay regardless of whether I drink or not. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. I, I, don't, like... I don't want alcohol to be my truth. Right. Okay. I got you. God. Imagine. What, do you, what would you say is your average drinking frequency? So, I'm doing this experiment where I, oh, I do, like, weird experiments sometimes. Remember, last, last year, I think, I did my vow of silence for a week. I do remember that. Yeah. 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 So, like, every... I feel like every year I, I, like, come up with a new experiment. So, like, so. this month I am drinking every day to see, like, what happens. And, like, that means, like, drinking... Like, how much are we talking? I'm st- Like, it's only been, like, two weeks since I got into it. So, like, it's, like... Maybe so, you've like, had alcohol the last 15 days? Yeah, around. Every day. How... And what do you... What have you been drinking? Some day... Most days it's, like, a shot or two in the evening. Okay. 
And then... That's pretty chill. Yeah, which is fine. And, like, it's, like, it's, like, you're sinking into a pool, and, like, that's how it feels. But other days, I, like, yesterday, no, a couple days ago, when I was at the concert, mm-hmm. I, like, drank a lot. Mm. And yesterday also, I drank a lot. And, like... What'd you have yesterday? Hmm? What'd you drink yesterday? Yesterday, I had, like, a spiked seltzer. White Claw? Oh, I something that. else. Something else it was really delicious. Yeah, dude, I like I like those things. <laughs> those are good. Um, and then I had like three or four shots over like a, like four hours or five hours. So like, which I can like hold a decent amount of alcohol, like not a lot. I was like decently drunk. I literally already feel this after two sips. Yeah, like a little bit. But like I've like I can hold it a little bit. Okay. So like it, I'm trying to experiment with like because also you're just like you're a small human. Small. I'm you're almost a, five six. But how much do you weigh, though? You're 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 yeah. That's like a small person. Someone someone who weighs one eighteen is a small. You're a small human. You're not the smallest, or you're not you're not tiny. You're small. And yeah, okay. I'm decently. I was a medium. I'm a medium person. <laughs> when you get t-shirts, what's what what the uh, or when you get clothes, small. what size do you? Okay, small, there we go. Small. There we go. Okay. All, All right. right. It is roasting you. Stop! <laughs> and there we go. I hate that. Wait, so how would you describe your feelings after drinking for two weeks straight? It's not so different. So, like, I think I'm going to amp it up a little bit. <sighs> I Listen, I have to do this. I I want to see what happens. Oh, my god! You know I get like this. I get really weird sometimes. Okay, so. That's so interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's just like, it's an endurance test. Hang on, hang on. What, what are you trying to find out? I am trying to use it as a channeling device. Recently, I, like, have been realizing that I have tried to be healthy. Like, I'm trying too hard to be healthy, and I'm actually getting sicker in my head and in my heart because Mm. I'm saying, I'm healthy, I'm happy, and I'm telling people, I'm happy, I'm good, I, like, feel good, I am doing well. When really, I'm not acknowledging the fact that, yeah, sure, I'm, like, not, I'm doing okay, I'm fine. But I'm also, like, not doing well in, like, other things. Mm, yeah. And it's, like, I want I, I to be... That. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's dangerous when we, like, try to, like, come off as, like, something we aren't. Or, like, try to... We get scared that people will think of us less if we say... Trying to make things look better than they are. Yeah. It's okay to be sad. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to, like, embrace that and be like, I'm actually pretty fucking sad. It's hard to get comfortable with someone who makes you feel like they're trying to hide things. Right. Disguise is always like a little bit disturbing, right? Yeah. If we put a mask on, yeah. You just get you just get this energy that something off, right? You know, it's unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Alcohol is a tricky one, man. I feel like over on the whole, like looking at a big picture, not just like you or me. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast where they're talking about if you were to remove cigarettes or alcohol from society, mm-hmm. the improvement in society would be so much bigger if you removed alcohol. Rather than cigarettes? 100%. I think they, they were saying, and I agree with this, that alcohol causes so much more social damage than cigarettes. Yeah, because I think it makes us lose inhibition. Cigarettes don't necessarily they don't do, that. do that. Yeah. You're mostly there still. You're with, with alcohol, in 10 minutes, you can be 0% there if you want to. With cigarettes, no matter, you can chain smoke an entire pack and you're still, 95, you're still 90% there. Yeah. You know? You can choose to leave, yeah. I think the beautiful thing about alcohol, that maybe this is what I'm trying to get at too, without going overboard, is I think it's impossible. I think that repression becomes harder and harder with alcohol. 
I think that's why it's so damaging to society. It's like, when you see someone who's drunk, they're acting out how they feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, if... It all comes out, like, finally. Exactly. Like, if you see, like, TV shows, like, I'm watching, like, New Girl, okay? Okay. Like, so good. I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's, like, it's hilarious to me, but when you see, like, shows, like, that portray alcohol, like, people, like, people say what they're up. actually saying, but they, they yeah. get fucked up, but yeah, they yeah. say what they're, they're feeling. They're honest. Exactly. So, like, I'm trying to be, like, honest with myself. You think that, oh, dude, that's so, please don't take this the wrong way. That's, like, so funny to hear you say that for me, because, <laughs> because I feel like you're one of the last fucking people who needs alcohol to access more honesty. Yeah. I feel like you have done so much honesty exploration with various tools, like writing or like weed or like tripping or like walking around. You know what I'm saying? You use a lot of these things to like, to try to reach more honesty. I guess my initial instinct is like, oh, I don't think alcohol is going to help you reach more honesty. I think it's going to be other shit. I th- I've begun to realize that like, I think I've been honest, but like, not all of it, because you can't truly be honest with other people if you're not honest with yourself first. And I have not been honest with myself until mm. maybe, like, this year. I've been realizing, like, oh, shit. Like, I'm just, I'm... Even just from hanging out with you, like, a handful of times, probably, if, like, you know, last year, I guess it would have been. It never felt to me like... I feel like you had very honest conversations with me. Yeah. At least from what I was there for, I guess I perceived you as being in a state of mostly honesty. So it's interesting to hear you... Mostly honest. I never felt like you were being dishonest. I wasn't dishonest. But you were like... But you felt like you are like withholding. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I've been withholding for a long time, I think. Certain things or like everything from certain people or certain things from all people, you know? Certain things with certain people and then certain things from all people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's always more honesty to be got. I've been realizing like the internal versus like the external world. Some people are really good in their internal world. And that might cause problems in the external world with other people because they're selfish or self-centered or like they spend like a lot of time with themselves. You know what I'm saying? And then some people, which has been my case, are really good with interacting with other people. Mm. But when it comes to the internal world, it's fucked. It's, there's nothing going on. And I've been realizing I can't live in one world or the other. There has to be some balance. So that's getting back to the point is like, Drinking to find balance in life. (laughs) It's more like drinking to like be like, I can be comfortable with this level of honesty in myself. So you do feel like it helps you get more comfortable with honesty? Yeah, it helps me lose my inhibition towards myself. Because, you know, like you can can lie to yourself. You can also dislike yourself. And then you can also be uncomfortable with yourself. There's so many layers. Like your whole your whole being is like another thing. It's like there are two things inside of you. He's writing something on his post-it note for whatever reason. I don't know what it is, but just to remember what things we cover, <laughs> so I can put them in the description to make taking it, notes to make it sound good. Yeah, I'm just like drinking for a month to find honesty? Question mark. Question mark. Always finding honesty. Yeah. Always in search. Wow, you're really exciting. Oh, come on. I like that. That's really nice. Thanks, man. It has been um, slowly, slowly uh, diminished by ink slowly, slowly increased keyboard world that we live in. True. You know what I'm saying? <gasps> wow. But honestly, I don't really give a shit about... I mean, I'm going to change that. I do I do give a shit a little bit. About I thought, I thought I didn't, but I do. About handwriting. About handwritten things. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool to look at different people's handwriting. Yeah. I feel like you get an insight into what sort of vibe they have. Absolutely. 
Like, my aunt Big is time. a therapist, and she does, like, work with handwriting. They say, like, certain styles, certain Dude, can you imagine being letters. a handwriting expert for, like, the FBI? Dude, it's possible. I, I need to ask you this because what? you're a girl. Ew! Okay. No, no, no. Where are you going with this? Okay. okay. This is the problem with fucking outrage culture. Everyone no. jumps before the thing happens. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Don't fucking jump until the thing happens, okay, bro. because I'm a girl. I'm a girl. Okay. All right. Sure. I'm 99% sure that you're not included in this. Oh, interesting. Do you notice how so many girls have the exact same handwriting as each other? They do that thing of like where all the letters are kind of the same size and they're all kind of round. Yeah. And it's such a strange phenomenon to me because I've never seen any group of guys write hand, have high handwriting in a similar way, for example. I have a theory. Yes. When I was growing up, like, we, like, I read a lot of cursive. Um, okay. Give me a sentence. Have you eaten anything today? Tell me what you ate. Today I ate. <laughs> I think that when I was growing up, like, we used to, like, there was, like, a specific culture, right, between girls and boys, like, growing up when you're, like... Oh, I am a girl, so I must act like a girl. And, like, mm-hmm. that's how I felt a big part of my life. Why I jump when people say, Oh, I'm going to ask you this because you're a woman or because you're a girl is because, first of all, people Ooh, who okay. say that. All right, you're absolutely excluded because I don't know anyone. I don't know any girls short, who have. fat, cute handwriting. Who have. I don't like. I hate that shit, dude. That's the, how I usually no, that's a little bit strong. I don't hate it. It, it annoys me a little bit. Ryan hates something. No, come on. Come on. I'm just kidding. Why I jump when that happens is because usually what people ask me after that has to do with the fact that they inherently think I'm different from them because I'm a woman, which is true and it also isn't true. You know what I'm saying? I grew up differently, but like that doesn't mean I'm different from you, right? That's why I jump because I get so much shit from people who, oh, so you're Indian, let me ask you this question. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about Do you that. wear saris every day? I, right? And I'm like, do we be running just, all the time? I just am just a person. <laughs> But it's a phenomenon, I think, probably because the way that girls are raised. Do you that? Do you think that comes from either some sort of instinct or some sort of taught value that girls want to compete with each other? Absolutely. Okay. Girls are pitted against each other. Do you feel like guys have that less? Because I feel like they do. In the circumstances in which I've grown up, which is living in a in pretty nice areas in the northeast of America. Okay. <laughs> that's been where I. That's where. That's the place that I know the best. Okay. And based on living in that place for sort of twenty years, right around twenty years. Uh huh. That's what it seems like to me. Girls around my age, age group in Northeast America seem to feel some sort of unspoken pressure to compete with other girls. Oh yeah. Even you can see this a lot in uh, movies. And shows, actually. If you notice, uh, there's a lot and, uh, like, so many movies and shows out there where the women involved end up against each other instead of reconciling with each other. For example, like, if a guy is, there's a love triangle with a guy and two women, those women end up hating each other a lot of the time. But, like, I saw a recent movie called Booksmart. It's, like, this, like, weird, like, teen, quirky, like, whatever. It's cute. And in the end, like, instead of hating each other, all the girls involved, they actually become friends. Women are, like, taught, like, oh, I need to compete with this other woman. How did they get to being friends? Because they realized, so, it's, like, high school drama. It's, like, oh, high school. It was, it's really funny, though. It's really funny. Okay. Like, basically, um, they're all going after, like, guys, and, like, you know, guys are going after girls, and then, like... There's, like, gossip and shit. This one girl is calling the other girl, like, she's a slut because she, like, gave this guy, like, roadhead. And then at the end of the movie, she's like, yeah, I gave him, but, like, I wanted to. And the other girl was like, the girl was like, I get sad because, like, people call me a slut because I, like, 
have sex with guys because I like sex. Yeah. But what hurts more is other girls calling me a slut. We need to be what's, more united. What's, what's up with the girl-on-girl violence, dude? Right, because we're taught to. We're taught to. Is it a scarcity mentality? It's like I need to get to the next guy before the next before the next girl takes him away right. from me? It's that, but it also need, it, it is also... I need to look good in the eyes of other people kind of thing. When girls will design their fashion and makeup sensibility and style mm-hmm. to try to impress other girls more than to impress guys, dude. Mm. Like girls make a lot of decisions that are more about, I want girls to notice that I'm doing this or wearing this or look like this or sound like this or whatever compared to, I want a guy to notice me. That's why like they're trying to be more, I feel like a lot of girls are trying to be more attractive to girls, even though they're straight, even if they're straight. They're trying to be more attractive to guys. You don't think guys do that? Much less. I think we... Or in a, in a much less noticeable outward way. Yeah. But I, again, I don't know what it's like. So like... At what level of, of competition or rivalry have you felt towards other girls, would you say? Mm, what has your, like, your experience with this? Okay. Speaking for myself, I would say that I definitely feel... I definitely feel more of a competition with women than I feel with men. Because I feel like... Do you feel more oppressed by one over the other? Obviously, yeah. Which one? Men. Okay. Just make it sure. Just make it sure. I don't sure. think women have ever oppressed me. No, I, I guess not in like a direct way. Yeah. But like if you were made, for example, mm. to feel your whole life Ooh. like you're not as good as... By women. ...certain people oh, who are in the same category as you, yes. It's also interesting because in being Indian also has a different cultural and gender overlap there. Because it's like, yeah, I definitely feel more competition with women... Just as a woman, because I feel like I need to... It's almost this weird, like, validation thing. Like, I need to be validated by men, you know, to be a certain way. I felt that for a long time. I'm trying to work against it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so much power in that. There's so much power that men have. And it's like, when I walk down the street, when I'm... It's so much worse in India, I feel like. Oh, it's Like, terrible. way worse. Dude, the, even when we were hanging out that one time last year... Yeah. Did we were getting them? weird looks from people. But they were most... And they just were women, because we they were, were also men. They were everyone. Everybody. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. My memory of that time of, yeah. was, oh, wow, we're getting strange looks from people because they are resenting us for not conforming to, to their much more conservative values and yeah. repressed values. Right. They re- they're resenting us right now. They could for, smell the American on us. They could, they could smell, smell the lack of repression. Yeah. They resented the fact that we were walking around in a loose carefree, fun way. Yeah, they resented that. You're right. I'm saying that in a neutral way. I'm not saying that as a, ju- as a judgment because I understand that the reason that those people gave us that reaction is because society has incentivized them for their entire life to give us that reaction. Yes. So it's not their Absolutely. fault. And it's they have fault. been felt... When they have been kids, they have been told, don't do yes. that, don't do that. So obviously they're going to say yeah. feel the same way. Even though there's much more of that in India... Fuck, I'm totally wrong about this fuck. Fuck. What, what, what were we going to say? I totally went into like a completely male privilege perspective. What did you say? That's incorrect. What, what, what? Which is, which is, I was about to say, even though it's all repressed and conservative in India, at yeah. least you don't have to deal, you don't have to worry about your physical safety, but you do if you're a girl. Yep. Yeah. And much more so actually in India. It's way, it, if you're a girl, that part is way worse in India. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really tough. It's really tough being someone who is a woman and looks like a woman, even though I'm not, I'm, I'm, it hurts being a woman. It hurts. It's hard being someone who, I just feel, I do feel like an object. 
when I'm walking down the street and I get men of like all kinds, all ages saying shit that's it's vulgar things, and yeah. fucked up. But it happens all that the was time. Terrible. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. If I wear lipstick, I avoid certain parts of New Brunswick. Because I know I'm going to get shit. Down George Street, people yeah. are going to be like, hey, really? woman. Like, you know? I'm like, don't fucking talk That's to so me crazy. like that. Don't That's fucking so talk crazy. to me at all. I can't even imagine that. It's so hurtful. It is so hurtful. And people don't take me seriously when I say things. In classrooms, when I have a point, people listen more to the man who says the same fucking thing that I do. Mm. Like... And, like, my dad tells me, oh, you know, you don't like math and science. You're just falling into the stereotype. No, I'm not falling into the stereotype. I just don't like math and science. I like makeup. Right? Um, I think everyone from India kind of gets a different level of that. There is no feminine and masculine, really. A lot of Indian people are fucking hypocrites. You know why? Because they will praise to the end of the fucking earth any, like, hot actress, dude. Mm. Even though anyone who's doing the same thing as those people walking down the street... Will get raped. They would treat like trash. Yeah, dude. Or will get raped. Yeah. I couldn't bring tank tops to my trip to India. I had to be constantly <laughs> watched. My mother would walk in, in between me and men to make sure I wouldn't get touched. Wow. So what does that say? I think there's a serious problem in like the amount of control that men think they have. They think it's okay to talk to someone like that. Dude, this is also privilege, but I literally can't imagine talking to a girl like that. I guess it's it's because of the extremely fortunate circumstances that I was like born into, that I got and I ended up being raised in a way that I was like, what the fuck? Why, would you, why would you? Why would you? Person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, don't be a shitty person because even if people don't do that, doesn't mean they're good. You know what I'm saying? It's rough. It is really rough. And so we drink alcohol to relieve ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of what is the most consecutive days that I've ever had alcohol. It's probably three or four. That's it. In a row? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not... I don't like the alcohol vibe more than that. Yeah. On day five of... After having two beers every day, I'm going to be like, no, I'm cool. And leave, you know, probably like a couple weeks until I forget again. It'll be like... And then I'll be at Walgreens, all stoned at 2 a.m. And I'll see a four-pack of Blue Moon for $7.99. I'll be like, you know what? That's a good deal. I'm going to get that shit. (laughs) And then I'll have four Blue Moons over the next three days or whatever. And then stop again for a couple weeks. That's like basically my alcohol situation. I feel like myself. That's interesting. Like, I don't usually feel like myself when I do like lesser drugs. Do you feel alcohol right now at all? What do you mean? Because I feel like if you drank, if you had even like one or two shots for two weeks straight, I think that would diminish, I would imagine that to m- diminish my alcohol tolerance like kind of significantly. I'm like a little buzzed. You've had what? I don't know. Maybe th- three shots? Two shots? Would no, you have to guess? Not two. Okay. Yeah. It's only two. I'm probably at two and a half or three. But I don't weigh 118. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know how much I weigh. I don't have a weighing scale. Probably, probably one. if I had to guess, I'm like 185 or 190. Maybe I'm a little chubby. Yeah. Because cookies, because weed. Good. Yeah. I'm wrong with that. Dude, yeah, your handwriting right here. That was a relief to watch your handwriting look like this for me. Because if it was going to look like, and this is not, oh, my God. I'm such a dick, dude. Sometimes. I know, I know. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, I gotta tell Ryan he's like really fucking cynical. I do get into a bad place sometimes. Yeah. I like your handwriting, man. Thanks. I I like handwriting that feels purposeful. I I like handwriting that is function over form rather than form over function. And I feel like a lot of people have handwriting that's form over function. They just want to make it look a certain way, even though it slows them down. 
it might sometimes make things harder to read because I feel like people get into these weird habits of like, oh, I want all the letters to be exactly the same size. I want, even though, I write, even though I write a D, it's going to be the same size as an E. It's going to be just as tall as an E, even though that makes it weird to look at, kind of. I mean, it's... Whose fault is that? That that happens? Of the handwriting conformity? Do you think it's the same thing? The girls' competition versus the guys' comp- not non-less competition? Honestly, I think that it's not just that, but I think that it's like also like... Oh, like I'm afraid to write messily if I'm a girl because everything I do needs to be pretty. Needs to be nice. super neat. That's what I like. Try to make my handwriting neat, and I was like, no, I can't please don't do. This. Please make it just keep it like this forever. I know. Uh, then, like, then people will like you more. <laughs> yeah, it's again, it's always the fault of people who exert power over other people without realizing the effects of that, and then people are just like, well, I, I guess I got to do it. You think you're strong, bro? Fuck you. You think you're strong? <laughs> you think you got strong fingers, dude? You think your fingers are stronger than mine? Listen, I will show you. Oh I'm going to fall off my chair. I'm getting, I'm losing grip on this left side here. Because oh, of your sweat. Yeah, ha. fuck. Ha! Worst character flaw. Okay. Well, if that's your character flaw, it's not so bad. <laughs> I am winning, I think. I think I'm winning right now. No. Nah. Oh, no. Nah. You were getting an unfair advantage momentarily. because I'm 118 pounds. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Also, this height situation, I think, is disadvantageous to you. I think being lower is probably more helpful in the situation. Aw, she thinks she's strong. You're so mean. Isn't that cute? (laughs) Fuck up. Oh, your hand's a little fucked up. Yeah, that hand's fucked up. I got a moisturizer. It's better than before. Yeah, it's fucked up. I, like, I, I got to moisturize it. I got to moisturize it. Wow, but then, that's but really interesting. Yeah, it's been, I don't know, this has been a weird. This is de- so interesting. This has been it's a weird development cold, for a while. I'm glad. I'm cold. glad you think so. I'm super You. F- it's like some part of you is like gargoylean. It's hardening. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> I'm a, hardening. There is a hardening going on. Not that Not that kind of hardening. It's your cynicism. Wow. It, dude, it probably fucking is. My body was just like, where do we store this <laughs> hatred? <laughs> we probably put it in the palm I'm of your hand. <laughs> in the palm of your hand. So you're forced to look at it all the time and remember how much hate's in your heart. <laughs> Wait, that is so funny. Fuck. <laughs> I do think it looks cool, though. Unique. Normally what ends up happening is... Um, I'll get this. Shout out, Savannah, for being nice and buying me things that help me feel better. True. Um... It smells good. Trader Joe's Ultra Hand Moisturizing Cream. Wow. Shout out, Savannah, once again. Um, dude, Trader Joe's, I'm down to fuck... Yo, hey, Trader Joe's, you want to sponsor the show? Fuck yeah, let's go. I'm trying to get some of those I fucking... Love, uh, you know... Those, those, sea salt car- those sea salt caramel brownies, dude. Oh my god. I grew up on those sea salt brownies. From Trader Joe's? I don't know if they're the, the ones with the, blue, with the blue ribbon on yep. the top? Dude, fuck yeah. I grew yeah. up on those. That's amazing. That was like my treat. I get those all the time. But, like, I feel like Trader Joe's, like, as a kid, I lived in Trader Joe's. It's so great. I only really, really discovered it when I fucking moved to New York City a year ago. What? But I get shit there all the time. Dude. I get fucked up there. I love Trader Joe's. It's great. Except, except, I was like, wow, so many good, like, decently healthy options and, like, flavorful. Mm -hmm. And, no, it's not going to work. Ha. And, um... But then I look at the ingredients, and they're like, there's a lot of stuff in there that shouldn't be in there. You know the funniest ingredient on here, dude? What? There's cannabis in here? Cannabis sativa. Hemp? Organic hemp, in parentheses. Wow. Dude, hemp is like a magic plant. I'm not going to go on a... I could go on a whole Joe Rogan rant, but um, it's cool. Hemp is awesome. And it's ele- it's been illegal for a long time for it to be grown in America because of uh, the conservative industrial complex. 
that's a whole story. But yeah, basically beat hemp, the hemp plant, which is magical and can be used to just fucking build Actually, things yeah. and is really strong. Basically because, you know, billionaires uh, spent enough money to make it seem like a criminal thing. And now, mm. if you want to, if you want to have hemp in an American product, you have to import your hemp from Canada. From Canada, America. America. America's pretty cool, though. It's I do get cynical, obviously, but I'm only able to get cynical because of how great America is in a lot of ways. That you're able to access. Being able to get cynical is its own. It's its own level of privilege. Ooh. You were. We were just talking about people being given the label of sick. Mm-hmm. You were saying. Yeah. We're in the middle of saying something about that. Yeah, I think that um, I was reading something the other day, mm-hmm. and it was like, the thing about disability is why it's villainized and people are so fucking afraid of it and other it, right? Because we don't want to face that. Because the thing about disability is that it's possible for everyone to become disabled. Yeah. Everybody, right? You yeah. can walk outside, slip and fall, and become paralyzed. Forever. Right, forever. Yeah. And, like, the beautiful thing is... That when you grow old, you become disabled. You can become disabled. Everybody gets an illness. Everybody feels what it's like. It's like, there's, I don't think there's any real sickness. If we're all sick, right? If we're all sick, there is no sickness. Yep. There's no human body out there that every, first of all. It's all, like immune to sickness. Right. Yeah. And all bodies have the possibility to develop cancer. Yeah. Everything. And all human bo- no human body out there is in perfect condition. Everybody has something. Yep. Whether that's illness, like mentally or physically or whatever. So, like, people would tell you that you were sick, but if you ask yourself, do I feel sick, the answer would often be no. I mean, like, do I feel sick? Like, yeah. I felt sick when I was depressed. When I was depressed for, like, three years... I felt sick. I felt like something was wrong with me. Like you would wake up every day and just feel fucked up? I, yeah, I would feel like something is wrong. Like something inside of me is misplaced. I, sometimes when I, get like, when I get like a really bad fever, I feel sick because I feel unable. I feel I'm not myself. Yeah. Do I feel sick now? Like what people are telling me, oh, you're bulging discs or whatever. Your joints are slipping everywhere. Like... You can't feel your bladder. Those are all true. You can't? No. At all? It's weird, man. It's like, (sighs) I can't, I have like, I'm losing sensation. I'm pretty sure I'm losing sensation in my bladder. My toes are curling, which is a spinal thing. Like, you can feel my discs bulging. It's terrifying. They're sticking out. But if you asked me if I felt sick, I would say I feel better than I have my whole life. Mm. So no, I don't feel sick. Neither does my friend with lupus. Okay. But people tell us we feel sick. They're like, yeah. you're sick. You have this illness and this illness. So we're going to think that, oh, I guess I am sick. I don't think I'm sick. I just think there's, again, like... <laughs> I mean, every time I hang out with you, I never ever think, this is a sick person. Right. I mean, I never. am and I'm not. Just like you are and you're not. Yeah. Or like, or maybe a more accurate way to say it is like, I never think, I'm like, oh, this is a person with an active health problem. Right. Because everybody, you don't seem, you I know, don't seem like that I at all. I don't seem like it, but like everybody has an active health problem. Like there are things that are definitely wrong in my body. There's stuff that like dominates your life, right? And then stuff that doesn't. Like a paper cut is annoying. It's not going to stop you from going to work or having your relationships. Yeah. But cancer will, right? To what extent do you feel like anything, any label that you have been given, like medical condition or whatever, has actually like gotten in your way? The 
the chronic illness I have has gotten in my way. It's yeah. something I live with every day. I don't ever not think about but it. But it's like, is it like flare-ups and then and then chill periods and then flare-ups again? Or Yeah, and okay. also I'm in pain every moment of every day. It's a chronic pain. It's There's always pain. There's always pain. So if there's always pain, you become used to it, right? I'm not saying it goes away, but you you become adapted to it On to an, to an extent where I'm sure tell me like to what level I'm sure some of the time you are sufficiently immersed in whatever else is going on that your brain like that none of your focus is on there. Yeah, some you know at the beginning I was bedridden because I could not I could not move. But like now you know think some I mean I can't speak for everybody else who's living with stuff. Maybe they can't think about anything else. But like for me, yeah, I have adapted to it to an extent where I don't think about it every second of every day. It is a thing I have to live with. I can live with it, is the thing. Okay. Does it, is it painful and horrible and, like, unpredictable? Yes. But, like, I'm not living my life any differently than you are living your life with mm. all your things. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, but to be fair to you and to anyone with, like, I don't know, just, like, stuff that's not chill, you know? Yeah, stuff that's not chill. Yeah, because I have, yeah, sure, I have stuff or whatever, yeah. if you want to say, but all my stuff is chill. Right. I have a fucking, my, I have flare-ups of my back hurting randomly because I fucking don't stretch my neck enough because I sit in chairs too long. I have a fucking, my, my one toe is fucked up because I, I hurt it and then I never got it checked out and then now it's like growing slightly different or whatever, shit like that, or like it moved, shit like that. Yeah. Those are things that, yeah, like my back, like, yeah, then when it starts hurting, then I go stretch and then I lay down instead of sitting on a chair and then it gets, you know, it's a little bit better, right? But for the most part... None of my, you know, quote, stuff, like, gets in my way, like, at all. Yeah. So I guess there's a difference there, right? Because the thing that I'm saying is, again, I'm, I'm going to say this, like, 30 times today. Because it's always like, yes, I'm no different from you. But also, I live differently because of this, and it's painful, and like, people won't understand. And no, it's like you're dealing with a, speci- a specific thing that most other people are not dealing with. Yeah. Right? Right. And so, I don't know, I just feel like it's worth uh, giving that its due. Yeah, I think it needs to be given its due, but it doesn't need to be othered, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, okay. Fair That's enough. what I'm saying. I agree like, with that. There needs to be a space that you give it, that you give, like, chronic illness or any kind of illness, and be like, this is its own thing with its own, like, need. Like, because I know you, I know about that. And, yeah, I feel like it doesn't affect the way that I treat you at all. I don't think I treat you any differently because right. of that. But, that yeah, and then there's the other side of that where... If it were to become something that needed more attention, then I would ask you to treat me differently because yeah, of that, right? okay. okay. So it's it's just yep. like anything else. Do you resent doctors and whoever telling you that there was like something wrong? Do I think that okay? Do I say yeah? My body is fucked up. Yes, I do say that. I say my body's fucked up. I say uh, there's something wrong with my spine. I say that stuff, but like I guess what I'm trying to get at is like. To, to be made to feel like something is seriously wrong and it's going to be horrible. And when a doctor says stuff like that to anyone, right? right. It has a certain weight to it. And you take it really seriously, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's the truth. Right. And also, doctors are like some of the worst people I've ever met. You're a number. You're a case. I think only the best doctors are able to like raise, to like rise above that. I was watching something where this doctor had to tell these two parents that their 
kid had some horrible fucking condition or something. It was like the 15th time that he had to do that that day. Oh, shit, really? And that's what it's like to be a doctor, dude. Yeah. You have to tell people horrible, life-changing things every fucking half an hour. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, I agree with what you're saying. and It fucking sucks when that happens. Yeah. But I think I, I think I understand why. And it gives me much more appreciation for the doctors that don't make you feel like that. Because that's, like, next level. That's literally rising above that level and being like, yo, I'm going to give you the personal treatment even though... <laughs> this is super emotionally draining, and it's my 15th case of the day. Yeah. But I'm assuming from what you're saying that you did not get doctors like that. No, no. I mean, I think, like, the best way that I would like to be treated and I would like to treat others is to be like, okay, so you have some a condition in your life, and, okay, that affects you, pos- like, negatively, maybe positively, whatever, you know. And then that thing has certain needs, that need to be respected. But other than that, you're a human being. And, like, that's pretty much it. That's, like, pretty much the end of the story. Like, there needs to be a certain amount of respect and, like, space and, like, accommodation. And then there needs to be, like, a certain level of, okay, let's move on. Like, we're just mm. human beings also. That's my uh, disability rant. And, I mean, that's the thing, right? The Even the word disability, people to reclaim that word, which I appreciate. People are also trying to say different abilities, which I appreciate. Differently abled. I like that term. Yeah, I think Sometimes I say disabled because I, I like to confront it. Because, yeah. some, because Not to confront the negative, but to be like, call it what people have been calling it and not be afraid of it. That's the tricky thing with some words, right? It's like some words, you use them because you're so used to using them and everyone around you is familiar with it. But then suddenly when you're like, oh, fuck, we, we need to, like, change this term. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot more effort to try to use, like, a new term when everyone around you is used to an old one. Right. And obviously, these changes do can happen really fast. Like, dude, when's, like, the last time you ever heard someone in a serious way say something like fag? Never. It's been a I, long been a time, long right? Time. A really long time. Right. In the context of our lives. But in the yeah. context of history and, politi- and social movements and stuff, really it's cool. fucking microscopic, dude. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool how that happened, you know? Yeah. That just, like, went away completely. Well, I really haven't heard that word. I used to say that when I was in, like, it's fucking... It's not cool si- to be homophobic anymore. That's why. Exactly. Dude, make America homophobic again. <laughs> that's our podcast. Yeah. That's what the whole point of this is. I remember being in sixth grade and saying stuff like fag or, like, gay or, like, that's so gay or whatever, right? I remember saying, in like, one, yeah, I mean, I never grade. said it, but I heard... Also, it. I forget that I'm, like, a little bit older than you. Yeah. So you would have been... That would have been when you were in third grade? Or something? Uh, when I was in sixth grade? How old are you? Wait. I'm going to be 24 in the month. Well, I mean, Turns. when did you graduate high school? 18. 26. So two years. Two years. Okay. I remember in sixth grade, fag and gay and stuff being super acceptable and casual. And then, oh, dude, in, in ninth grade, I moved to Ridgewood from Wayne. And do you remember Tyler Clementi? Remember that name? <gasps> yep. He went to Ridgewood High School. Fuck, dude. And, th- and then Rutgers, just like me. I went to Ridgewood High School and then Rutgers. You knew him? No, but I knew people who did know him. Oh. And when he died, dude, I remember, I remember how, it, like, almost overnight, everyone completely stopped saying any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, pretty much the last time I've ever heard any I of it. I remember hearing about that case when I was living in Massachusetts. Like, that's how big of a deal Yeah, that was 2010, 2011. Jesus Christ. Also because the guy who was the person who did Indian. was an Indian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why I heard about it. That was so terrible, man. That was... I don't even know. He's in jail, sir. I have no idea. Why would you so beautiful? I'm respectful. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god, my roommates are watching High School Musical in the next room and making funny commentary about it. So cute. And laughing at it. In They're laughing in Australian. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I think we need, probably need an interpreter or something. Crikey. That's not offensive at all. <laughs> it's really interesting how having a secret and then having it exposed can can make you feel like the world is ending. But if you had just been out in the open with it, people can't even use it against you because you put it out there in the first place. Mm. There's nothing to be exposed about you. Like so many people, if they had just came come out in the open randomly, un, unprovoked, and just blurted out to the world their fucked up secret that they had, the likelihood that they would just be <laughs> disappeared forever by culture and by rejection is so much lower. Interesting. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's the concealment thing we were talking about. Yeah. When people know you're concealing something, it's worse. Yes, 100%. Even if the information is exactly the same, the way that you get to it is so impactful. I think humans just have a tendency to to know when they're being when they're unsettled, even if they don't know where it comes from. You know, like whether it's like fear or anxiety, uncertainty. If they know they're being disturbed, that then we're really good at catching when we're being disturbed. Yeah. And that's why, like, when we know someone's hiding something... a glitch in the matrix. We're like, uh-uh. Because we're really good at recognizing patterns. And I think we're also really intuitive. So, like, we can read someone very well. We can read when people are covering something. Pick up on that shit. Dude, there's a show on Showtime called Billions. Hmm. It's about this hedge fund guy in New York and this prosecutor in New York. Mm-hmm. The prosecutor, dude, he's trying to become the governor, right? His biggest secret that one of his opponents gets hold of is that he's really into he and his wife are really into BDSM mm-hmm. and they go and see like a dominatrix and shit like that yeah so he finds out that one of his main rivals has found out and so to get in front of it he calls a press conference and literally just tells all the press like my wife and I are into you know sadomasochism and stuff it's it was like one of the craziest scenes of TV I've like ever seen but it was like a perfect illustration of like how this guy dude he does that and it's okay. Yeah. If he hadn't, and his governor rival person had leaked that to the press, it would have been a fucking disaster. What the fuck is that? It's so Jesus weird. Jesus Christ. The media is like... It's a fucking evil, evil little medium. It's a yeah. literal medium for evil, though. Do you think Trump's gonna win? My parents are both like, yo, I would totally bet that he's gonna win. He probably will. I don't know. If you were to vote for someone right now, who would it be? What, what, like Bernie... Yeah, you have uh, Tulsi Gabbard, you have Andrew Yang, you have uh, Elizabeth Warren, Biden. I mean, I've always loved Bernie. I'll probably vote for him if I could pick everyone. But uh, really, yeah. I'm happy with any of the Democrats. Yeah. Against Trump, I'm happy Against Trump, right, yeah. And honestly, even not against Trump, I think any of these Democratic candidates are sort of okay. Yeah. I think they're okay. I heard Andrew, whatever the fuck, was pretty is on some stuff. Mm, so his main thing... Is universal basic income. Yeah. It's basically to everyone who's 18 or older in America, whether you work or not, every month you get a check for $1,000. Which sounds ambitious, but also, I mean, it is ambitious as long. It is, but the way that he he tries to sell it, I'm not sure exactly how accurate it is, but the way that he sells it and makes it sound good is in the next 5-10 years, millions and millions of low-level labor jobs are going to be gone because they're going to be completely automated. Like truck drivers, for example, is the main one. 
Mm-hmm. I think like four or five million people who are truck drivers are not going to have their job very soon because a robot's going to drive the truck. I hate that. The way that he says it is a lot of these, for example, truck drivers have not graduated high school. It's going to be extremely, an extremely difficult undertaking to retrain them in a new trade that is going to be like viable where like a job would exist. Because of this, because millions of people, you know, hypothetically are going to experience this problem at the same time, the government needs to do something to hold these people over until they can fucking figure it out. Because of technology? So, yeah. Because of automation. Do you think we're going... I feel like the answer is just to stop fucking going so fucking far. I mean, in a way, it's good, right? And how many non-human things do you want doing human things? The problem, like forever, has been... If you just take things further... If you take technology further, that eventually results in people having to do less work and just be more, you know, for lack of a better... For lack of a better word, comfortable. No, I haven't. I really need to. That's what happens in Wally. Everyone's just like a blob. Everything is robots. People just don't Sit even there. walk. They anymore. just don't even move. Yeah. Babies until they're adult, they just look at a screen and they get zoomed around in little robotic chairs. That is the entire thing. We're heading there. That's the scary part. Dude, have you? Do you know anyone with a little kid right now? Um, how little? Under five. No. Like my cousin, who's three. There's nothing better in the world to her than music videos of Disney songs on YouTube. That's terrifying. Like, she would rather have that more than, like, anything in the world. And she's three. And it's, like, it's a trip to watch that. It's pretty trippy and concerning and strange. And when I map that back onto myself, it's not that much different. It just happened a little bit later because I'm a little bit older than her. I'm 20 years older than her, so it happened a little bit later for me. Like, I got a smartphone for the first time when I was, like, 13, 14. And now I think kids get iPhones when they're like, what, eight or nine? Ten, maybe? Ten-ish. My cousin, she has really just super dedicated and involved parents who are very serious about not wanting, like, making sure that she isn't corrupted by Mm. XYZ influence, right? Which is good. I'm not worried for her because she has really good parents and I think they're going to be fine. But I'm worried for, like, most kids, dude, who are just going to be stuck to the screen forever. When I, where I work with middle schoolers, I actually cannot understand what they're telling me. I can't actually have a conversation with any, any ki- like some of the kids because the only thing they can actually talk about is video games. They will be like, oh yeah, did you get the 30 coins and were you like up on the seventh level and uh, did you get that new skin? That's the only thing that comes out of their mouth. I actually cannot understand them. It's We're, we're actually speaking different languages. <laughs> They're steeped in it. That's their life. Dude, video games. Have you ever had the experience of being like completely consumed by a video game for like a long stretch of time? Yeah. I feel like all boys definitely go through that at some point. Some, some much longer than other ones. I was super into video games for... I just play Guitar Hero a lot, so I don't really count that as a video game. It's more, I'm just, I count that more as like, learn, like looking at... I count that as like looking around on Spotify for new songs. More than like a video game. Mm-hmm. Because in effect, that's kind of what it ended up being. Mm. 